Welcome to the week three edition of Splash Play, a fantasy football slash DFS slash sports betting podcast. We have a great show for you today, but before we can get to it, we need you to hit the like button. We need you to hit the subscribe button. We need to for I don't know what else I need you to do. Maybe follow us on iTunes, maybe rate and review us. We have a giveaway later in the show today. You will be entered if you do those things. This is the giveaway of the century. It is coming later in the show, but for now, it's time to get to it with my guy, Chris Spaggs. Welcome to Splash Play. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another week of Splash Play, another week of me letting it linger a bit too long on Pete's face while switching over to the intro. That's just that's just how it goes. That's part of the charm here of Splash Play, a two-man operation breaking down football as best we can for fantasy football, NFL DFS, and NFL betting. I'm Chris Spaggs, joined by a man who should have, a, I guess, maybe will victory lap, maybe we won't. We'll talk about the Thursday night football results. He's Peter Overzet. You can follow him on Twitter at Peter Overzet. How's it going, Pete? It's going well. If anyone ever wonders how many takes we do for this podcast, they now know that the answer is zero because when this train leaves the station, we ain't turning back. No, we were actually discussing it today on our text because like like professional professional show people that we are, the men who care about the product we're putting out there, we're trying to figure out ways to make things better. And I we were discussing the viability of actually, you know, pre-recording some stuff or maybe editing the show. And because the file's so large, because it's so chock full of the information we give you guys, that's just not possible. So we are on the fly, men. Uh, like the famous Bill O'Reilly clip, uh, F it, we'll do it live. I won't, I won't curse. I won't, <laughs> I won't give us the explanation rating that early i uh i'll give you uh on that note because i want to share your sympathies for editing large files multiple times so for my day job I've, i i had to edit this demo and the the our partner didn't like having his browser tabs in the window so i had to go back through and add a mask in final cut pro to his browser tabs and then export you know a five gigabyte file like multiple times as these notes came in and i was i was ready to shoot myself spag so when you say that you want to do this in one take i am the most sympathetic man in the world to that yeah, it's, it's a tough business out there making these videos, but that's why you should be supporting your local independent football and analysts that are that are here. And that's us right now. It's probably a lot of them out there. If you search YouTube, if you search all the things that we're trying to compete for, uh, you'll find a lot of people out there. But we're your guys. That's what matters. And that's why we need you to go follow at Splash Play Pod right now. First thousand followers on Twitter and Instagram. We're following you back. We don't care what you're posting. Uh, you could be posting some political views I don't agree with. And I'll see it pop up and I'll go like, ah, shucks, that's 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 just our audience. So it doesn't matter. Follow at Splash Play Pod if you want to get the follow. And of course, as Pete mentioned up top, subscribe on YouTube and hit the like button down below. Helps us get the word out to some more people, get seen by more people in our last video. We actually spiked a lot of viewers, Pete. I don't know what happened. It might be our algorithmic work. It might be some of the production things we're doing. But Pete, why do you think all of a sudden we're we're all the rage in the fantasy football YouTube community? Yeah, I mean, I really think that the fantasy footballers have kind of a big bullseye on their back. They should kind of be always looking over their shoulder, waiting for splash play to uh, track them down. But uh, no, I think we're we're getting uh, in our rhythm. We're we're finding our vibe. I like our release times. I think uh, 
people enjoy getting this stuff uh, early in the morning or late at night when you get it up. So yeah, we'll keep the, we'll keep the show rolling. And today we're going to give back as well. We have our, our big giveaway, hotly anticipated. We've been teasing it. It did show up. I have it in my hands. So we are ready to give back to the people who have given us so much through these two to three short weeks in our podcast history. Yeah, so we're going to play a little trailer here that Pete put together with his loving, handcrafted, building hands of his own. Of course, that he sweats over his lineups with each week. He gave a little bit of that manpower to edit this video for you guys to adequately sell our giveaway. And I'm going to try to get this right and play it because, as we all know, as we all know this is a very difficult process for me. But uh, here we go. Here's the trailer starting now. It, it's impossible to oversell this. It's amazing that this thing isn't in the Smithsonian. People give stuff away. They give away this sick NFL memorabilia. I was in a heated bidding war with another individual on eBay. I secured the bag. And if you are subscribed on YouTube or if you give us five stars and a review on Apple Podcasts, you're entered to win. It's going to become a Splash Play listener's most prized possession. I know that. And of course, we have our big giveaway Thursday night, Chris. That's when we unveil it. I hate to string the people along, but I promise this will be worth the wait. Wow, beautifully shot, beautiful cinematography by by your Al Peter Overzet. You can see, it's like that's an amazing transition we just had. Actually, the went right from the video to you holding up the envelope. It's almost like we had that prepared. Uh, well, let's pretend we did, Pete. <laughs> we did. No, I, I I remembered how the video end. I knew the cinematic through line I was I was bringing there, and you trusted me to get it right, which. Uh, crapshoot every time it happens or actually Trey uh, Trey and my combined efforts it's a two-man operation here like um, when you're riding a dual bicycle I don't know if that's I actually don't know how to ride a bicycle Pete so I don't know how a, a dual bicycle would work. wait 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 you don't know how to ride a bicycle <laughs> no I never I, I didn't figure it out fast enough when I was a little kid and I was more into basketball more into football so I was just like the bike thing's not for me so I, in LA, do they have like the New York, the city bikes and stuff where you can rent those? They do. Yeah. Though, I mean, yeah. though I did it, grow up in New York too. So, I mean, another place where just, there is a, a biking community that was a failure. And you just kind of now wave it if the group after brunch is like, Hey, let's just kind of bike over to this spot. And you're like, uh, I'll Uber or I'll walk or I'll, I'll jog at a brisk pace. Probably not jog at this point in my life. But I would do you have Uber. aspirations to learn how to ride a bike? Or are you just going to let I, that experience go in this lifetime. So I did when I was in college, when I was a senior, I lived far enough away from campus. I went to USC and like a lot of the people, like most college areas would ride over the campus to save, you know, so they could live a little further away and get a nicer apartment than they might be able to afford. And um, I got a beach cruise where I was like, I'm going to learn how to ride this bike. You know what I did, Pete? I drove to campus every day or walked if I really had to. <laughs> Wow. All right. Well, that's another future. When Whenever we meet up in person for the first time, uh, I'm going to teach you how to ride a bicycle. <laughs> it's just going to be you holding me by the waist. Me and Trey me. will be on either side of you and take care of it. <laughs> you will be the wind beneath my wings or my feet, as it were. But speaking of feet, um, I actually don't know what this transition's going to. But <laughs> speaking of feet, Rex Ryan is a football coach. And there was football played tonight on Thursday Night Football. The Battle of Florida after we had the Battle of Ohio last week. Perhaps a bit of a, a tie-in to remind everybody to vote out there. Uh, but Florida tonight, Pete, this was a game. I just want to open it up to you because I think this is 
Um, something that was near and dear to your heart, your boy, LaVisca Chenault. Of course, DJ Chark ruled out with ample time ahead. So you guys work yourself up into a froth. Along with a lot of people out there, you know, Pete may have led the bandwagon, but a lot of people have been big fans of this upstart rookie. And uh, with another outside receiver gone, Pete, what happened to LaVisca on his big debut on national TV? Yeah, first of all, I will say I was driving the hype train this summer. I mean, it was way bigger than me today. It was out of my control. I wasn't having to do much work. The uh, the people, DFS players, the season-long players, the prop bettors were betting his over on reception. Everyone was on board with LaVisca. Uh, yeah, so right now here in the fourth quarter with seven minutes left, he's sitting at four for 27, and he has one carry. Uh Honestly, the Jags offense has been so bad uh, outside of James Robinson, who's looked really well when he's rushing, but Minshew in the past game has been awful Mm -hmm. that I don't know uh, how much we can chalk this up. I mean, James Robinson's their leading receiver right now, followed by Chris Thompson, followed by LaVisca. So they just haven't been able to get anything going in the past game. But yeah, disappointing not to see LaVisca get more touches. That said, this past week, we lose Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley and yet Thursday we get James Robinson and Miles Gaskin who both look like bell cow running backs I did not see that one coming James Robinson I know this is something that we're not legally out to talk about but I have to do it because how often can you talk about your James Robinson shares um, I made a, a drastic choice because of how poorly my my best ball draft on DraftKings was going I was like I need to get a share of this Jacksonville backfield because at least there's a chance here they're going to run it a lot so James Robinson actually helped me I'm in first place right now, which is actually very annoying. I know, Pete, this is something we wanted to talk about. Um, on DraftKings, when you open up all of your leagues, you know, if you're playing NBA, you're playing NFL, you're playing PGA, you see your best ball winnings going. And because I'm in first place, it throws off my my sense of how much, how well I'm doing, how poorly I'm doing every given week. But James Robinson, a big part of that because he's a bell cow back and he was at Illinois State, as anybody could have told you if they had actually done the research on James Robinson. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, he, look, it, it's so funny the irony of the Jags cutting their former fourth overall pick and being replaced by a guy who looks legitimately better than him, more explosive, better, better vision. It, it's, uh, it's been a rough day for team running backs matter, that's for sure. Yeah, the Miles Gaskin, I feel like uh, it might be a bit of a, a death knell for a death knell for Pete's pal. Uh, that was a tough little t- tongue twister there. Death knell for Pete's pal, uh, Patrick Laird, because he's now out of the backfield. And I honestly don't see how you even justify giving Jordan Howard work. I get that he's the one yard and fall down guy, but Brita, I mean, Brita out there, I think looks fine. But Miles Gaskin actually looks like a dude who a uh, little small, definitely on the Austin Eckler side of things. But I would feel comfortable giving Gaskin 20 touches a game if I were a coach. Yeah, and it seems like they do. I mean, he's up to 16 right now, also has five catches. The only thing he's seeded is a couple goal line carries to Jordan Howard, and he's been super inefficient. He did get in on one of them, but he got stuffed the two other times. They're using Jordan Howard like the 49ers last year used Jeff Wilson, like only bringing him in for goal line carries. So yeah, Miles Gaskin is, I mean, he's what, like a top 15 running back going forward, I would have to say with this kind of usage. 
Yeah, the one thing that kind of bothers me about this Miami offense was last year, and it could be, you know, they were also playing from behind a lot because of that defense, but they're not quite as explosive as they were last year. And, you know, people also make the excuses. Devontae Parker's a little banged up. His hamstring has hurt him. Preston Williams coming off of a knee injury. But it doesn't feel like they're taking the same amount of deep shots as they were last year where Fitzpatrick had free reign. They changed offensive coordinators from Chad O'Shea. Uh, to Chan Gailey, the aged Chan Gailey. And it feels like it's a bit more of like an east-west offense than a north-south one now where they're not taking those shots. But Miami, I think, in play to be viable in fantasy and maybe even sneak out some more wins this year. Whereas uh, the Jags, I, I guess, will, it remains to be seen here. But actually, I, it's weird. I realized I didn't even talk about it. I don't even know if I mentioned this to Pete. I'm wearing this for Gardner Minshew. I was like, oh, I'll do a Minshew oh, bit. Yeah. And I didn't even go like, hey, Gardner Minshew. Like, I, <laughs> it didn't even occur to me to do it as part of the show. Well, this should reflect nicely on you in that I think you have so much swag that I didn't even... <laughs> you know, think that it was abnormal. I just thought that could have been part of your normal repertoire. It's my, my casual Thursday look. And of course, um, bad time to support Gardner Minshew though. Um, I thought if we had a good day for the Jags, we could have ended up doing like a bit with like, although honestly, I don't know how Gardner Minshew talks because he's from Alabama and I presume he's got a bit of Bama to him, but whenever I've heard him talk, I don't think it's really rubbed off on me much. No. Yeah. I, I, uh, I've seen, cause I saw his little Bud Light promo, mm. take me one Oh one. And yeah, I didn't remember too much of an accent there. Yeah, not a good move if you did take him 101, even like that is uh, perhaps not the best, even if you were getting some free uh, Bud Lights out of that process, I would say. Never the wisest move to take Gardner Minshew, number one overall. But here's a wise move that you can look to this week. And of course, uh, our boy Pete, as on top of things as always, whether it be uh, actual fantasy news or even just joke ones that are so obvious to be made fun of. And, And Pete, this tweet I saw went everywhere after you sent it to me. And I'll read it real fast from Andrew Walker, a Walker Colts. He is a reporter for the Indianapolis Colts or or reporting about them. T.Y. Hilton's grandma gave him a call on Monday. She said she didn't recognize the grandson she was watching on TV the first two weeks of the season. It was just what Hilton needed, he said. She always shoots it straight with me, Hilton said. She's my rock. She's my heart. So so T.Y. Hilton's grandma, apoplectic over how he's been playing so far. And and Pete, are you on grandma's side here? Because we've talked about the Colts and T.Y. Hilton uh, dead to us until we play them again. And he's back in my heart now grandma's on his side he's grandma's boy yeah i mean in fantasy uh i'm i'm out on ty i've been a little bit of an ageist that said i'm just thinking of how savage this is like my mom is normally reminding me like hey you should give your grandma a call and check in on like imagine like my grandma calling me up and was like hey kind of a rough podcast that you had um <laughs> the jokes weren't really landing and you kind of flubbed that intro. I I mean, like that would be so devastating. And she just calling him up and ripping into him. uh, And she doesn't seem to have kind of a handle on how age curves work in the NFL, how they've dedicated their offense to running the ball. So, you know, poor T.Y. Hilton, man. She's probably going to airyards.com and refreshing it and being like, what is going on? This guy keeps saying he's going to update it. He doesn't update it. (laughs) Yeah, that would be, that's the next one. Yeah, she is now mad at Hermsmeyer. Little does she know she can just go to add more funds. They have the airyards there. Uh, Yeah, we'll get, we'll get his grandma squared away. And she's also like, he doesn't follow at Chris Spags. It's insane. What a dickhead. (laughs) (laughs) T.Y. Hilton's grandma always tells us everything we need to know. But this this transitions us to our next little segment here that we wanted to do. And we're going to call it Grandma's Boys because every little bit of an edge you can find in fantasy, you want to find. And T.Y. now an obvious candidate for the Grandma's Boy uh, positive regression that we all know and have studied for years when doing statistical analysis. But Pete, if you had to pick a guy who's, let's say, underperformed a little bit, maybe grandma gave him a call gave him a little nana love maybe even some cookies and toffee or whatever a grandma gives to get their their player grandson back on track who could be a grandma's boy this week for you 
Yeah, I need Christian. Oh, sorry. I went to pull up this guy's stat line and the ESPN uh, uh, autoplay started going. Um, I need Christian Kirk's grandma to give him a call because he is coming off of two extremely subpar games. The first game, he only had one catch for five yards. Last week, he ended up getting up to nine PPR points. But as a guy that I was drafting everywhere under the thesis that Kyler Murray was going to spread the ball around, uh, he is not spreading the ball around. It is all going to DeAndre Hopkins. And so, Mrs. Kirk, please call up your grandson and tell him to get it together. That's sometimes that's all you need is a grandma to come over the phone and, and whip you with a ruler, I guess, as I, <laughs> I think that's how a grandma might punish you. My grandma was not much of a punishing type with me, though. She was Italian, and I feel like she used to hit my, my mom and my uncle with like a wooden spoon, like which is an Italian Nana thing to do, I feel like. So and did you know that, Pete? I don't know if you have any Italian in your cultural background. No, but I did get a few spoon spankings myself when I was <laughs> getting the wooden spoon spankings, although I would. This is wow. This is great. Uh, I would one time I clinched my butt cheek so hard that the spoon broke. And then my mom was like, all right, I'm just done with this. This is absurd. <laughs> oh, Petey spoon smashing butt cheeks. <laughs> I, I immediately regret saying, telling that story. It's, it's like the old adage about like a nice button it's like oh you could crack like a walnut with it you were you could crack a spoon that you were about to be specked with, with those hot butt cheeks that, and those were back in the days where you could parents could spank their kids that that shit doesn't yeah. fly anymore that, that is very much gone now for me i'm gonna say an entire team there might have been a, a team-wide zoom for the minnesota vikings all their grandmas calling them at once uh maybe even some seances too to make sure that some of them testier grandmas were also in the mix even if they were no longer of this mortal coil i think minnesota is just due for something better to happen here kirk cousins one of the top quarterbacks in air yards not getting the results throwing it deep quite a bit to his his renowned deep target adam thielen who we all know if any time you could deep ball to Adam Thielen. You got to take it. Uh, I feel like going against Tennessee, whose defense has not looked that good. Uh, the Vegas total also been on the way up all week. I feel like Minnesota's due for something better to happen here and going against Tennessee, who uh, lost a lot of guys in the offseason. I think the defense clearly not as good as they were, um, at least so far. I think Minnesota, uh, Nana might give him a little love here, a little tough love. Give him some tough love and rum cake and pat him on the way. Yeah, they Nana needs to get Dalvin Cook going and for that to happen, the offense needs to get going. So I'm, I'm glad Nana's putting in a word to them. And if you're a person who's skipping ahead right now, make sure you hit that like button and, of course, subscribe. And we will be announcing the big details of our giveaway coming up right before the Ride or Die picks. Pete will open the envelope and reveal the little bit of history that we have for you guys uh, that will be giving away to one person who subscribes to the YouTube channel or gives us five stars and a review an Apple podcast. So those are your two ways to answer. Maybe even a third way to answer coming up on Twitter if we decide to, to really lean in on, <laughs> on this in the next 24 hours, which seems like a good move. Next segment, though, this one, my favorite, I think, already. Numbers don't lie, question mark. Three interesting stats. And, of course, Peter, our friend here, who does pay attention to stats, but maybe not some of the ones that I'm looking at, he's going to guess which two are true and which one is fake. And uh, how are you feeling, Pete, after last week? It was a little bit of a curveball from Peyton Barber. Yeah, so I was, uh, I'm was. i still shook by that Peyton Barber stat line, although thank God Antonio Gibson uh, got way more work this week, so I don't have to deal with that again. Uh, that said, I was in the show sheet, but I specifically didn't look at this section because I didn't want to marinate on it and think too logically about it. I want to give myself a chance to fall for your SAT style uh, tricks here. So I have not seen these. I'm getting these fresh and we'll see if I can do better. 
Yeah, here's a, a couple stats here, and we're not going just player stats this week. We're going into defense because I want to get a little different here. And uh, one of these stats is actually in our pal Matthew Barry's column this week. And I was like, oh, I hope Pete didn't read this. <laughs> we, uh, we all, of course, pay very close attention to our pal Matthew Barry's columns. And uh, yeah, this one, one of these was in there, not this particular one. But uh, let's get to the first stat. Carolina has given up some big games already, and we knew their defense would be bad. But zero sacks through two weeks of football would make Carolina the lone team in the NFL to not take the quarterback down yet. First blush on that one, Pete. I mean, it seems plausible. In my head, Carolina is the worst defense in football right now. So I definitely buy that, even though it does seem like a bit of an anomaly. Another defensive stat on the other end of the defensive spectrum, Pittsburgh has always been known to be a pressure-happy team with their Blitzberg nickname, but they might set a sacks record against Houston's weak offensive line with their 62% blitz rate and 43% QB pressure rates. Pete, does that one ring true to you? Yeah, Pittsburgh, uh, one of the better defenses. I know last week they were really getting after the Broncos quarterback, so that's another one that seems plausible to me. And our last stat here for numbers don't lie, question mark. Jerry Judy gets all the hype, but maybe people should care more about fellow Broncos uh, rookie K.J. Hamler. His debut put him number two in the league in air yards per game on seven targets thrown his way. Pete, I know you were very sad about Cortland Sutton going down for the years. A lot of people out there were. But are you aware of K.J. Hamler, and do you buy this one? Or I guess if you want to just make your pick, you can do that now. Yeah, so this one I have to be careful with because I am very in on KJ Hamler. I added him in a bunch of leagues this week, and I do know that he had seven targets last week. However, I don't know for a fact his air yards, his debut put him number two in the league in air yards per game. That seems high to me, even though I do know he was has a pretty good average depth of target. Man, would Spags sneak in? half of it being false and half of it being true how diabolical are you <laughs> i said this was like the saw game for you and the way you perceive nfl stats and i i stand by that though a uh, less murder on the line i think that's just good for everybody yeah i guess i'm gonna have to buy this number two in air yards per game no that just doesn't seem right to me it doesn't seem right to me i'm gonna say that's the bs one so here's the issue <laughs> Is that I may have misspoke in the way that I wrote this. <laughs> oh boy, here we go. Am I off the hook? But KJ Hamler is in fact the number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. He's he's number nine in the league in air yards per game. 118 air yards per game for him. I think I forgot to put in the whole slate. I was only looking at <laughs> the Sunday slate. So I knew there was a trick question within a trick question here. You're really trying to mess with me. So you passed the test, Pete. They are all true to some degree. Uh, but yeah, the, the KJ Hamler one uh, was the one that uh, I guess was incorrectly uh, a little more incorrect than it seemed. <laughs> Wait, so now I'm confused. Was one of the other ones not correct? You know what? I think they actually I think they actually were all true. <laughs> What the hell? You put in you put in three and then forgot to tweak them. Is that what happened? <laughs> that, that is in fact what happened. Because <laughs> I was wow. like, oh, these are all good stats, and then I was like, no, you know what? Let me go back. Wait, then I win this one because not only did I think they were all plausible, <laughs> which they were, I sniffed out your typo in it. I mean, I crushed this one. I, I've I redeemed myself. That was honestly, you you beat me on levels I weren't even aware. I wasn't even aware I was being beaten on. So yeah, uh, numbers don't lie for the week. Uh, Pete, they did not lie to you. So congratulations. Uh, you, Thank you. you.
this one. Uh, a little week three overview here uh, before we get into the ride or die picks, all the other factors that we hit on, the injuries that matter, the troll equity play of the week. But the week three overview, last week, all the injuries, and I feel like we just have to hit it on it up top. I don't think you can assume that's going to happen again. I feel like that's one of those things where I think casual players sometimes, you know, buy into this stuff a little bit too more where there's a lot of specious data out there. You buy into, oh, like just because the Niners have been great at home for 10 years, they're going to keep being great at home. That's not usually how it goes uh, because there are another other variables that add up. There's a lot of numerology like Pete's talked about on here with Darren Rovell. So for me, the injuries thing, I'm not worried about it. I think for a lot of players out there, you could see that and go like, oh, it's going to be like this every week. He's got to play it straight and not be like, oh, I'm not going to play this guy. I'm not going to play Wolf Fuller because he gets hurt a lot and guys are getting hurt a lot. So I think that's how I'm feeling about it. But Pete, maybe you have a different read here on injury as well. I just wanted to give people some reassurance because I've been seeing so much tilting this year in NFL, maybe even more than usual. And I'm not sure why, but the injuries seem like they have to be a part of it. Yeah, this was a case like of me being right for the wrong reasons. Like I thought we were heading into this season. We're going to see a ton of chaos on the waiver wire due to COVID and late scratches in teams having position groups wiped out, um, which hasn't happened, which again, I think I've mentioned this on a previous show, but I'm just so stunned and thankful that that hasn't been a prevailing plot line in this season. And I agree with you on the injury front because the, it, it normally you could attribute like the shortened off season to more like soft tissue injuries and stuff. But a lot of these injuries are, you know, contact injuries that are happening uh, in the game that are just kind of random collisions that happen while playing football. So I'm with you. And I think it's a little bit more of just a, a spiked week uh, aberration, but yeah, it last week was absolutely brutal. Uh, the amount of guys that went down between McCaffrey, Barkley Sutton uh, now Shepard's on IR. I'm, there's, there's a bunch now I'm, I'm forgetting Raheem Mostert, the entire 49ers team, Chris <laughs> is basically just gone right now. No, and, there, and there's going to be some opportunity, and we'll talk about the Raheem Mostert injury in a second and the injuries that don't matter, or that, that actually do matter. <laughs> Not the ones, I mean, we just did a segment, injuries that don't matter. <laughs> just <laughs> guys who aren't playing. Uh, but no, we will talk about the ones that do matter in a second. Um, for me, I'm intrigued again by Dallas. Uh, you know, Atlanta, I think, too, is, is an interesting spot here uh, going against Chicago. But um, for me, I would say that for Dallas, a spot against Seattle, who we know is uh, at least seems on paper to be letting Russ cook a bit more. There is some more deep balls coming out. Still not seeing, I think, a ton of play volume in terms of the pass game there. Only 31 attempts per game for him, which is not that much higher. He's just been amazing with them. He's got a 95% completion rate so far in the year. But this game, a 56-point over-under. Uh, Dallas and Seattle, it feels like a marquee game and one where uh, this total can get out of hand. But Pete, any reads for you here or any any leans for you? On, we'll talk about it a little more in the second in the ride-or-die picks, but between Dallas and Seattle? Yeah, I mean, that game is going to be so fun. It's the one I'm most excited to watch. From like a DFS perspective, it feels kind of similar to last week's Dallas-Atlanta game where you're like, all right, I know everyone's going to play guys in this game, so I'm either having to make a stand and fade it or I'm trying to get unique within that game. That said, like the offensive pies of Seattle and Dallas are so big that I think there are some kind of creative plays you can do. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to watch that game. Yeah, it should be a high-scoring one. And um, the again, the over-under there at the highest of the week, I believe, uh, from everything that's in so far, though that could certainly change a little bit as we get closer to Sunday's time of lock at 1 p.m. 
Uh, but let's go on to the injuries that actually matter. And we talked about this guy a second ago, Saquon Barkley. Uh, the Giants brought in Devonta Freeman on a short-term deal. Uh, there's some chance for him to get work this week. He was added to the DraftKings player pool, and he's probably been picked up by somebody in your league because people love to pick up a guy, uh, even if he may not get a ton of work. But this Giants backfield, Pete, you have uh, Deion Lewis in there who did get a bit of, a good bit of work there, had 15 touches or a little bit over that. I don't have the number in front of me right now. Last week, uh, you also have Wayne Gallman, who's been a disappointment in the past, but gotten a lot of volume under the previous Giants regime. So do you care at all here in this backfield about who's taking over for Saquon? Or do you think maybe it's a little more work for Daniel Jones in the air? Yeah, I, this backfield, I haven't gotten excited about on waivers at all. I put in like, you know, some floor bids for guys, just if I could squeeze them through for a dollar. But to me, like every decision they've made is like, we're not happy uh, with our backfield. We saw in previous years when they had Goleman directly behind Barkley, he didn't have any juice to him. So then this year they bring in Dion Lewis who left Tennessee. Um, I think they like him, but again, he didn't have much in the tank last year filling in for Henry and then obviously bringing in Freeman to me, this thing seems like a pretty gross committee. None of them profile as like a really great pass catching back either. So I don't even know what you're hanging your hat on in this backfield. And to be clear, like Deion Lewis is a good pass catcher, but you, I can't expect him to get that much work because uh, Daniel Jones runs the ball enough to take away those short passes, as we've seen with Saquon Barkley. So I think, you know, that's worth clarifying, too. Like you could hear Pete say, like, oh, he's not like it's not a great passing opportunity, but that doesn't mean the players themselves. It's just this offense doesn't use the running back um, in short plays as much as you would think they would with guys like Saquon, especially. Uh, but yeah, now it's going to be those those scrubs here um, in a much worse matchup, or I guess an equally bad matchup as last week against Chicago. Um, another injury here, which I think has a little more value, and this is a guy that, uh, to Pete's credit, was very on top of when we did our waiver wire preview show, which uh, doing Sunday night was a little bit too early for the waivers, even though it was the first waiver wire show you could find on the internet. Uh, we're going to play it a little more cautious with the injuries moving forward and uh, to try to make sure we give you guys the best possible snake draft of picks on Sunday. But Pete, you nailed this one. Jarek McKinnon, it does look like Raheem Mostert's not going to play. He hasn't practice yet. I guess he's still listed as doubtful, but it seems very unlikely this changes now. McKinnon, though, a really nice spot for him, and we've seen him look explosive so far, and it seems like they're going to have to give him the work without Tevin Coleman, too. So, Jarek McKinnon, for you, is he a guy you're considering in, I guess, the the DFS formats, or if you had a, a spot on your league? Yeah, I'll have to see how ownership shakes out uh, for DFS purposes. I, I don't know if I love him as chalk, uh, I don't think he's as a smash as some of these other guys that have opened up in previous weeks, but yeah, I'm super excited about him in season long because he's kind of the opposite of that Giants situation we were just discussing and that Jarek McKinnon is an absurd athlete, like just breaks all the spark metrics. I think we, we mentioned it on the waiver show um, and really his only competition now is Jeff Wilson, who, who he mentioned is basically used as a short yardage goal line vulture back. And then you have um, a rookie that they might bring up from the practice squad Jamichael Hasty. So not a ton of competition. He's looked so explosive with his touches. I think the concern is if he doesn't get a huge role change, if they just view him as this guy, they want to get, you know, seven to eight touches a game, see what he can do. But to your point, I don't know if they have an option other than to give him 15 touches. And if he gets 15 touches, he's going to be very, very useful in fantasy. We've seen Jeff Wilson have some decent days because he's a pretty good pass catcher too. But, you know, I think the thing for me with McKinnon is he can double up his routes run. Um, you know, most airs running a little bit over 10. Uh, McKinnon's running just under 10. So if he does get, you know, even let's say half of those, 
to give him a little more opportunity, and he's been able to score on the ground and through the air so far. And going against the Giants defense that, you know, I think they look a little sturdier. They look a little better coached this year than they did last year uh, with Joe Judge taking over. I still think this is like a good defense by any stretch. And I would say, you know, the Niners, we know are committed to the run. They run at one of the highest rates in the league. They're running uh, 45% of the time this year, um, which is still a pretty high number. Like, I think for them, um, you know, that's the commitment to the run is what matters. And if they're committing to the run and McKinnon's getting the ball, I think he's very viable for me. But I agree it's chalk. You know, certainly some risk for him. Uh, last injury we wanted to hit on, because this is a guy I feel like has been getting some love in the the tout community. Uh, Jameson Crowder looking like he won't play again for the Jets. And honestly, last week, I thought Chris Hogan might be the better play because of his slot work. Now that I've gotten a chance to dig into it, it, they actually went away from Hogan in the slot. Barrios is the one getting targeted the most out of the slot. Because the Jets throw it short a lot, I actually think Barrios is a pretty nice play in DFS. I don't mind him if you're desperate for a, a wide receiver in one of your season-long leagues either. But where are you landing with this one, Pete, with Barrios being a fill-in for Jameson? And Crowder and a Jets offense that has very little going for it. Yeah. And it sounds like Perriman uh, probably isn't going to play yeah. either. And then, you know, everyone was on Chris Herndon last week. He flops. He's the exact same price on DraftKings 3,400. He's still kind of popping as a points per dollar play. So that'll be interesting. But yeah, Barrios is a guy that feels super gross, but you know, 3,600. And if they're going to see some negative game script volume, I think he could he could play that off. It feels a little bit more like maybe a cash play to get in some studs as opposed to maybe a high ceiling GPP play. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's viable. I'm looking at some projections here and another guy I literally had never even heard of, Josh Malone, um, Derek Cardi, whose projections I'm looking at at the Blitz. He has him projecting um, not too dissimilar to Barrio. So maybe we got to dig in on this and see what's going on with this passing game. But yeah, you might be able to get creative here because we know the... The Colts are going to control the game, so they're going to have to throw. And Malone ran four routes out of the slot last week, though. Um, I get, he's been targeted okay when he's been out there. Uh, Barrios ran, let's see, 24 routes out of the slot last week, got four targets on those, caught four of them. Like, I think for me, the thing is, with this Jets team being so bad and looking really bad in both facets, offense and defense, going against a Colts team, well, I think it's undervalued. And, of course, has that grandma's luck behind them now where they could easily pull ahead. Like, if they're trailing, I think you can see Barrios have a day where he just racks up those cheap little targets over and over again because... They just need to throw it to somebody, and it seems like Darnold, I, I kind of worry for Darnold. I think he's being ruined here by Adam Gase, and the fact that he's just checking down to the slot so often with like very short throws, uh, 5.9 intended air yards per throw, I have worries about my my fellow USC boy, Sam Darnold. Yeah, I think it's it's time to to be concerned, and you worry about these teams like there's like those two flavors of teams, right? The ones that get garbage time and can, you know, the dolphins in previous years have been great examples of this, these fun offenses in garbage time that can still put up fantasy points. Whereas then we have the dumpster fires and the jets feel like the dumpster fire where they have the game script. And yet Darnold is still getting sacked. The offense is still stalling out. They just don't have enough playmakers. Yeah. I'm, I'm very worried about them. It's also something I'm, I'm noticing now that I didn't pick up on before, and we're not going to talk about the Jets forever. I just, they're an interesting team, and I feel like the really bad teams always, like, I try to figure out, like, what's going on here. They're playing incredibly fast. They're playing at a 23.8 second pace, which is one of the highest marks in the league. So when you're bad and you're playing fast, like, that really explains why uh, you're playing as poorly as you are and uh, why the results have been as bad as they are. And this is actually a pretty good sign for Indianapolis, whether it be T.Y. Hilton getting there or not. Uh, the running backs, too, can definitely put up some numbers here against the Jets, given that they're just giving a lot more plays with that fast pace. 
Uh, let's keep going here. And guys, if you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button and of course subscribe. And if you are uh, trying to win that giveaway, we're doing the big reveal coming up after this next segment. So uh, hit the subscribe button and rate this podcast five stars and give it a review on Apple Podcasts. So those are the two ways you can enter and watch the at Splash Play pod handle because it'll be a third mysterious way to win the giveaway before we announce the winner uh, whenever we do. I guess maybe Sunday, maybe next week. I don't know. We'll see how the results are. <laughs> we'll see how long we can tease it out. But the Troll Equity, speaking of the Troll Equity Play of the Week, Pete, the play most likely to screw over a large portion of fantasy players' preconceived notions of success. Pete, who would be your Troll Play of the Week here for the NFL's Week 3? Well, there is the one that I mentioned, right? If everyone's picking up Jarek McKinnon and Jeff Wilson Jr. had a ton of Troll TDs, last year so i think he's my number one i mean another candidate uh sammy watkins is in the concussion protocol and i could just see similar to week one when we all got excited about Nicole hardman's second year breakout and then i was like nope demarcus robinson and sammy watkins are the guys i can see us getting fooled again where it's like monday night football sammy watkins is ruled out no this is the time Nicole hardman goes off and then boom demarcus robinson for 100 yards and a touchdown he's my troll play of the week I like that one. And we've certainly seen Robinson be heavily involved in the past, uh, dropping many balls in the opener that we all saw, uh, but still a spot where there's going to be some production left behind if Watkins can't get in, as it looks like right now. And uh, kind of a similar thing for me, uh, Miles Sanders projected to be one of the top-owned running backs of the week. And in week one, his play volume was actually really high. Um, there's one stat that I'm tracking a little bit more this year just to kind of get a better read of, of how much of an ownership certain guys have over their offense. And um, for Miles Sanders, actually, that's the wrong Miles. Miles Boykin does not have a big share of his offense. Miles Sanders, though, they tried to give him 40% of the touches. So that's like if he got a target, if he got a handoff, like that's what they were trying to give him the ball relative to the rest of the guys. So they're just trying to give him the ball over and over again. That said, this guy's going to be so highly owned this week, I think in a spot against a Cincinnati run defense that might be a little better than people realize. And I think without some of the weapons on the offense, the pass game might look better. I mean, Carson Wentz has looked terrible this year, but I think at a certain point, you have to just expect him to have some positive regression and get better results. Cincinnati's given up 11.7 air yards per target. The pass defense hasn't looked good, even though um, the results have not been that bad so far. I think the pass game can upset a lot of people this week who are going to play Miles Sanders if they just go off. And a guy like Deshaun Jackson picks up, let's say, Jalen Rieger's air yards. Like now you're talking about Deshaun having a lot of opportunity. And of course, the two tight ends. So I guess this might be crazy though, Pete. Do you have any belief here in the Philadelphia passing offense? And do you think they could do enough to take away from Miles Sanders at this point? Yeah, I am worried about Wentz in the offense in general. Rager is now going to be out for a decent amount of time and their playmakers outside of Goddard are just kind of aging guys with Jackson and Ertz. That said, the matchup this week is so juicy uh, versus the Bengals. So I do think this is going to be a really nice week for them. I mean, Joe Burrow threw the ball 61 times last week. I mean, this could just see a ton of play volume. So yeah, I guess I would say I'm bearish on the Eagles long-term, but uh, pretty bullish on them this week. Yeah, I think the Eagles are going to have some some better days, even if they don't have the results in a year-long sample size. And the defense, too, uh, not looking too great either. So maybe some sneaky shootout potential for this game that people may miss with a 46-point over-under. Um, now it's the time here. We've teased it out so long. We had to wait. We were at the, the whims of the Postal Service, which I guess has some other issues going on. I don't know. But either way, a little piece of history is now in Pete's hands, and he's going to show it to you. The big unveil of the prize we'll be giving away here if you are subscribed to the YouTube channel or if you give us five stars and review an Apple podcast, you are entered to win. So Pete, introduce the people to this little moment of history here on Splash Play and in the universe writ large. 
Yeah, I wanted to keep it um, as an unveiling for the show. I received it in the mail, as I mentioned in the video. This was um, the product of uh, an eBay bidding war, very hotly contested one. I told you it was a piece of NFL history, which is 100% factual. And let's see what we got here. Maybe a little note from the person who sent it to me. Okay, no note, no note. Um, Just a little bit of arsenic. <laughs> so just checking, yeah, nothing. Okay, so what we have here, folks, oh my God, it's so gorgeous. We have a signed three by five index card by one, you know him, you love him, Arnie Weinmeister. <laughs> Arnie Weinmeister, oh my God. It's honestly insane that we were able to get Arnie Weinmeister, the NFL Hall of Fame defensive tackle, the defensive tackle splash play innovator. This is incredible. Okay, this guy was a four-time Pro Bowler, four-time first-team All-Pro. He's an NFL Hall of Famer defensive tackle. He only played six total years of football, making his career one of the shortest of any Hall of Fame inductees. This guy is a piece of history. Think of all these players. It takes years and years and years for them to build up a resume to get in there. No, this guy did it on six years. A few other fun facts about him. Born in Canada, turned pro in 1948, played D-tackle for the New York Yankees in the All-America Football League before they became the New York Giants. And eight fumbles recovered in just 71 wow career games this guy was a ball hawk spags no i mean that's the kind of big plays you want here that's the splash play ethos army arnie weinmeister of course a legend here and we lost another guy you know another hall of famer who had uh, an exceptional career in a very short period of time gail sayers and i think these are two names you think of when you think of men who've had amazing turns of of just the run on a football field unlike anything you've seen uh like a hurricane blowing through Gail Sayers, Arnie Weinmeister, two guys you think of. So that's the giveaway. A signed three by five. I mean, that's not a two by four index card. That's a three by fiver. That's that's yeah. got some girth. And I will say, even though the guy who shipped it to me, I thought maybe I'd get a little handwritten note. I will I will accompany the index card with a note from from Chris and I. So it'll be extra special. We'll both, uh, we'll send it back and forth and give little lipstick kisses on it to cement it home. But there is your giveaway. The Arnie Weinmeister signed index card, NFL Hall of Fame defensive tackle, the innovator of the splash play. Uh, <laughs> actually, and you know, let's not even say the defensive part. He's just the innovator of the splash play. And look, like, like I mentioned, I, you know, we dipped into our hard-earned uh, money. We dipped into our budget for this and, you know, those are things we're willing to do. If you guys continue to support us, if you smash that subscribe, hit the like, we will continue to invest in giveaways to give back to you. And I'm feeling invigorated. I'm ready to get back in those eBay streets and see what kind of pieces of history I can find. I mean, like we, we know we both have, have worked for DFS sites. Pete's still doing a lot of work for the industry out there. And the big giveaways are, you know, give away a membership in the hopes that you could win money, but you can win money, but can you get something that's truly priceless? And I think that's what we're offering here with our first giveaway first splash play. So we hope you appreciate it. And uh, Arnie Weinmeister, uh, rest in peace front. Is he dead? I think he yeah, I think he is. Like you said, okay. Yeah. So rest, rest in, peace, in peace, Arnie. We can't, we can't give him a special shout out. We can't have the payoff be, we have him on the show. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Unless we do one of those seances, I guess. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I shouldn't make these jokes. Like, 
<laughs> to break out the Ouija board? No, we're not doing... Okay. Uh, let's get on the ride or die plays. Of course, the time of week where uh, where Pete has reinvented the game here after a tortuous showing last week. Uh, tortuous, torturous in terms of being a torture and tortuous in terms of I think he wanted to sue me for how he was represented on the, on the show with his performance. Uh, we're redoing the game here. So, Pete, the floor is yours because I'm now giving away control. Trey and I, we lost a political battle here to Pete and his cabal. And now those guys are taking over the ride or die place. So, Pete, what's the rules for this game? Yeah, you you are worried that this is going to be overly complicated. I'm going to explain this in 10 seconds. It's the same thing. We're going through all the games. We're giving a pick. All I've done is assign uh, there's three potential point values, okay? There's the one point, which we're going to call dink and dunk. These are, think of 50% uh, proposition. So that's a spread bet. It's an over-under. It's maybe... Um, uh, betting, not, not a money line. That would be one of our three pointers, which we're going to call third and long. You get three points and those are in line with you're taking an underdog money line. You are taking, um, a player to hit 20 fantasy points in that think of those in the range of like a 20 to 30% likelihood of happening. And then we have our third category, the hail Marys. These are the 10 points. This is the spag special. This guy's going to be in this week's Millie maker lineup, those kind of sub 10% likely outcomes. So there's three categories, dink and dunk third and long hail Mary. And you can decide how aggressive you want to get with these picks. That's it. Same old, same old. I told you spags. It would be so simple. <laughs> I like how you said 10 seconds and that was roughly three minutes. <laughs> three. Okay. We'll go back to the tape. We'll go back to the tape. Um, wait, so I don't have to write these down anymore, right? Because we have some. Who's doing We're going to have our intern. Uh, and I don't even want to say intern. He's our accountant, Willis. Yeah. He's going to. Um, yeah. All you need to do is put the um, the picks in just like uh, you normally did. And he will score them. I thought you were producing the segment. Now I have to put the picks in. What kind of shit oh, is no, that? I'll, I can what, do it. I can what do kind it. of flim flam nuts? <laughs> I said I would create no work for you, so it's the same as what it was. Right, it's in, it's in our our shared sheet in our in our mysterious our spooky Google Share. That's where the sheet is. Wow, between the Ouija board and the spooky Google Share here, it's almost Halloween. My my girlfriend has been like, oh, I'm gonna get Halloween decorations. I'm like, who gives a shit? Like we don't like we're, we're adults. There aren't children coming over. Are they kids can't. gonna even trick or treat during Corona? No, I think they're explicitly banned from trick or treating this year. Okay, yeah, that makes yeah, sense. So that's yeah, no, keep. Lock your child away and only give them candy out of a windowless van, I think, is the approach for, for 2020. Um, let's get into the ride or die picks. Pete and our, and our accountant, our business manager, Willis, will will track everything as Trey just sits here with his finger in his butthole. But the first game on the slate is the Giants of San Francisco getting 22.8 implied points, heading into a game. Uh, excuse me. The, did I say the Giants of San Francisco? I think I did. <laughs> It's the Niners playing the New York Giants. It is not the San Francisco Giants playing the New York Giants. That would be an old school baseball battle. Uh, let's just take this from the top. <laughs> Trey, edit that out. San Francisco gets 22.8 implied points. The New York Giants get 18.8. Uh, Pete, I'll let you take your picks here between our seven different categories tiered in 20 different levels. It almost seemed like you took three minutes to introduce that game uh, right there. Uh, yeah, I, and legitimately, I want to keep the the pace going on on these picks. I am going back to the well on Darius Slayton's. Uh, Shepard has been placed on IR. I'm going to go with one of these third and long three-point bets. I am saying Darius Slayton, 20-plus DraftKings points. I'm getting, I'm getting back on the wagon even after he burned me last week. So is which category is that one? That's a, I said, I just said it. It's a third point. It's a third and long. Third and long. So, okay. 20 points is a third and long. Okay. Um, 
I will then, you know what, I'm just going to make my picks out of spite this week, and I'll say that Evan Ingram uh, gets 20 over 20 fantasy points this week um, right. to to be my third and long pick. I actually think what it's going to be one of those two guys. Like, someone has to step up in that offense, and Slayton and Ingram are the two most talented guys there. Yeah, the Niners' defense is so hurt, too. Like, they're, they're DVOA for week one. I'm not, I've decided this year I'm not paying for DVOA stats. It's 150 bucks, and I'm already paying for PFF, and I'm, something's got to give here, so sorry, football I outsiders. mean, if, if we're going to be getting Arnie Weinmeister giveaways, we can't be paying for these premium stats. Well, that's true. It's You can only do one at a given time, and uh, there's only one six-year Hall of Famer out there at D-Tackle, and that's Arnie Weinmeister. <laughs> um, next game up here, we got Vegas getting 20.8 implied points. Their total's Come down a bit throughout the week. Going against New England, getting 26.8 implied points at home. Um, it seems like Vegas actually bid, bidding down the over-under, at least the public money has so far. Um, man, uh, we can't do quarterbacks for the 20-plus points, right? No. Uh, that seems like that would be a dink and dunk. Yeah, okay. Uh, then... Man, I, I want to say, though, I do like Cam Newton a lot here in these kind yeah. of games against crappy defenses. Um, I don't really and I'm not confident to say he'll be a millionaire maker winning quarterback because uh, the Raiders do play a little bit slower. But I've been really impressed by him doing what he can, even though I don't think his arm is quite as much there as it has been in the past. Um, hmm. You know, I'll let you go first here because I really don't have a good one. Here, I'll, I'll give you one just because I had looked at this for DFS since you mentioned you like Cam. So he's $100 less than Kyler Murray on DraftKings, who's going to be far higher owned. Mm. Uh, I would give you um, uh, a third and long that Cam uh, outscores Kyler if you want that. I, I will accept that from the house, yes. I like you how go. you're, you're, you're going to be your transition to becoming an actual bookie and using those those taut butt cheeks to intimidate people. <laughs> yeah, well, that yeah, that's where we're going to get real money on the line here. Then we'll really tighten up our picks. I'm, I'm going to dink and dunk with this one. I saw this line in the Patriots uh, at home versus the Raiders are only five and a half point favorites. So I'm going to take the Pats. I think the Raiders are just overvalued. Right now, they're coming off the big Monday night football home win, their debut stadium game against the Saints, who were missing Michael Thomas and looked just bad this year. And then they played the Panthers in week one, who, like we said, are one of the worst teams in football. So I think they're overvalued right now. And I think the Patriots can kind of slow the game down, control it with your boy Cam. Patriots minus five and a half, little dink and dunk. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I really just want to give Cam a positive cosign after. I really thought that he was going to come in and look a little bit worse. And, you know, he's still not the same dude. But if he can run all over anybody, it's probably this Vegas team that does not seem that competent defensively, despite. Are you buying into the Vegas curse, by the way? Because that New Orleans game, um, really nobody showed up for that one. And the odds of that, I mean, no Michael Thomas hurts, but a little bit of Vegas still has nightlife, Pete. It, it does appear so it is it was kind of surreal to see the overhead shots of their stadium right there by the strip and uh, you know because I was in Vegas last year around this time and that stadium was uh, under construction and boy has the world changed uh, in a year since then. Yeah, uh, some well masked going out perhaps by the New Orleans Saints and their Monday night flop. But next game up, Tennessee getting 26 implied points here. Uh, this one getting some action here on um, both sides coming up. Uh, Minnesota getting 23.5 implied points, but the over-under is now at 49.5 points, up 1.5 from earlier in the week. And um, I think for me, I'm going to say Adam Thielen, 100 yards and a touchdown. I like his chances here of uh, doing something a little better against the Tennessee defense that, as I mentioned earlier, not the most impressed by. And I think they're going to have to score because their defense has been proven to be pretty terrible. Uh, so I'll take Adam Thielen, 100 yards and a touchdown. Pete, how are we grading that one according to that, the Diamond Scale? That's a three-pointer. 
That's okay. a three pointer for sure. Um, and I, uh, I'm actually excited because the line I had written down was 48 and a half. So I'm getting an extra point on what I wanted, which is the under, Ooh. I, I saw a stat, uh, from rich rebar in his worksheet. The Minnesota Vikings are one of five teams since the merger to run 50 plays or less in their first two games. I mean, they're just playing at an absurdly slow pace and the Titans want to run the ball too. Uh, they want to get Derrick Henry going. So my thesis is this game features a, a lot of running on the ground. The clock is bleeding. So I'll take a, a little dink and dunk with the under of 49 and a half there. See, I, I won't, I don't want to question big data Pete because I do love, I do get a little tickled when you bust out the numbers like that, but it's actually that they just can't control the ball. They have a 20 minute time of possession. So like they're playing at a fast pace. They're still snapping the ball at 24.7 seconds. They just can't hold on to it and sustain drives. Ooh, Titans? Uh, no, Minnesota. Well, yeah, I mean, the, they're, only they're both actually playing pretty fast, points. like the Titans snapping at 24.9. So like they're both like playing faster than actually the Cowboys did last year. It sounds like you should take the over. <laughs> I suppose no, so. you, you kind of are taking the over with the Thielen line. True. Yeah, you no, know, I think this game does, does have a little more pass friendliness than this one. I'm just not I don't think Minnesota's defense is any better than it was last year. I think it's substantially worse in Tennessee. You think the same thing, but. Um, we'll find out here. Next game up, Chicago getting 22.3 implied points. Atlanta getting 25.3. Uh, not actually, Chicago side stayed flat. The over-unders come down a half point since open here. Uh, I mean, I really think I'm going to take the over here. I, I know it's not a high-value one, but I just Atlanta defense is so bad, but the offense is so good, um, and the Bears defense clearly missing a little bit of a step. Uh, they're going to pass it a lot here against the Bears defense. Matt Ryan's, I think, capable of getting numbers against anybody. So I'll take the over here on the 47 and a half. Yeah, I like that call. I think this game for DFS is probably going to fly under the radar with everyone gravitating to that Seattle-Dallas uh, game. So I'm going to go for a little Hail Mary action. I'm going to say Mitch Trubisky to Allen Robinson is in the DK millionaire winning lineup. Allen Robinson in the air yards by low model. He's had back-to-back -back weeks with nine targets. And we know Trubisky, although a disaster at times, can also access a ceiling when needed. I think the only concern is I don't know who like is also going to step up along with Allen Robinson, but uh, I am just going to target this game environment there in the dome and think we get a shootout. I think Jimmy Graham's still in the mix enough if you are trying to make that full stack for a millionaire maker or you know, Allen Robinson uh, with Anthony Miller, I think, is a credible one, too. Miller actually getting 17.4 air yards to Robinson's just shy of 14 uh, per target. So uh, definitely some ways to double stack here with the Bears probably needing to score some points against Atlanta. Uh, but we'll see how that one looks. Next game up, Rams getting 22.3 implied points against Buffalo, who's getting 24.8. The Rams totals come down a point. The Buffalo totals come down a half point. And that means overall it's come down a point and a half for the over under here at 47. Um Kind of interesting that it's come down this much. Yeah. I guess both teams are playing slower. The Rams playing noticeably slower. And maybe maybe the defense does enough here. Oh, man, what's a good defensive prop? Can I can I make a prop like Jared Goff throws two interceptions in this game? Yeah, that would that would be a three-pointer. Okay, sure. I'll throw that one then. So Goff, two interceptions. Yeah. Um, this game, and I could tell by the way you were feeling about I feel the same way where I feel like this could just either go bonkers or be kind of a dud game. I mean, we saw Higby last week get loose. Like the, the way that McVay is scheming this offense, there are big plays available here. Uh, I've seen some sharp people who are on Cooper Cup this week uh, for a little bit of an explosion game. Um, so I'm going to go with that angle that it blows up. Um, and I am going to do a little Hail Mary and say this is the highest scoring game on the slate Ooh. of all games. 
I like so that. I, I think that's a little spicy. And uh, one other stat here, since you like it, uh, now that I've done some of my my research on the slate, is uh, the Bills lead the league in um, passing rate on first down. 65% of their plays, they're passing, which I thought was interesting. And it also kind of speaks to the ceiling Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs have shown here early on. And yeah, it's an interesting call there. And I think too, you know, Going with Higby, I think, is a logical choice, too, given that we just saw Mike Kosicki have a monster day against Buffalo because the outside was completely shut down, even though Parker and Preston Williams had some decent results here. Uh, Tredavious White, teams do not want to go against him, so the tight ends are going to get a lot of love against Buffalo just because you have to go somewhere. So that's probably going to be the slot. Um, you know, a Higby cup stack, if, if, if Pete's right here, maybe that could be one that goes off with Goff if he doesn't get completely blown up as he does sometimes under pressure. Next game up here, Houston getting 20.5 implied points, uh, which is up a little bit to op- from their open here at 20.3. Pittsburgh getting 24.5 implied points here. Um, I worry greatly for Deshaun Watson in this game because Blitzburg, as we talked about in the numbers don't lie segment, blitzing 62% of the time, getting pressure 43% of the time. Uh, Deshaun Watson's offensive line stinks. He always takes a lot of sack. He's taken a 9% sack rate so far this year. Um, I, man, I think that Pittsburgh covers this one, I'm going to say, and I think it could be a blowout, but I feel like I, I'm just going to take the cover here at four, at four points. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm with you on the blowout element or just the element of there being a lot of points. This over under seemed kind of small to me at 45 is mm-hmm. what I had seen it. Is that what you got right now? Yep, 45. Yeah, so I'm gonna take the over on that. I just think I guess James Conner did get going on the ground a little bit last week, but these teams do have explosive pass offenses. And with Watson and Roethlisberger, I do see shootout potential. And I feel like the floor is pretty decent for points as well. And maybe the betting markets are just a little too gun shy um, because Pittsburgh's defense has looked good. But I think we've seen it play out uh, over and over that good quarterbacks uh, can succumb or uh, sorry, transcend uh, good defensive play. So I'm banking on a shootout here. Going to take that over 45. Yeah, and too, there could be defensive scores given the pressure that Pittsburgh brings. Then Watson has to throw even more. So definitely a possibility of some, some different ways this game could have some higher scoring than uh, the 45-point over-under. Next game, Cincinnati getting 20.8 implied points. Their total's up a bit. Going against Philadelphia is getting 25.3 implied points. Their total's come down. The over-under overall is down a half point. Um, I think for me, man, I'm going to... St- you know what? AJ Green, I think, jumps out as somebody who I have to target here. He's had the most deep targets in the league so far. He's had eight over two games. He hasn't caught a single one of them. And I think people will be down on him. So I'll take AJ Green to put up over 20 fantasy points this week and, and hopefully make Philadelphia's past game look as bad as it did last year. Yeah, that's a AJ Green has been kind of one of those interesting conversations, you know, for people who are in leagues where you can trade. It's like, is he a buy or a sell? Because his volume has been insane, but he's obviously a little older. So uh, I like making those bigger bets in the short term uh, more so than how he's going to finish this season here as well. Uh, my thought here and what I'm going to do, and I think I'm going to, this is like a, it's a, it's a three pointer. I'm going to say both Ertz and Goddard score touchdowns uh, this week where I just feel like without Rager, um, they are pretty devoid of weapons and both of them have been seeing similar amount of volume. So my other thesis was, you know, this game was going to be a high scoring game. So I think they could be their leading two target getters on this team for the Eagles and, and both get in the box. 
Yes, I, I agree. The tight ends here, definitely important parts of that offense. It's also worth pointing out real fast, Drew Sample uh, for DFS, the guy, or I guess if your tight end got hurt, maybe, although I'm not sure who at tight end you'd be trying to replace already, but uh, without CJ Ozoma out there, who tours Achilles, I believe, um, Drew Sample's going to get some work, and uh, Joe Burrow's been targeting the tight end. Drew Sample's getting one and a half red zone targets a game already. Uzoma was getting two and a half plus one end zone target a game. So there's some tight end targets to go around here for Drew Sample uh, with Uzoma out of the lineup. Uh, next game up here, we got Washington getting 19.3 implied points, up a bit from where they opened at 18.5. Going against Cleveland, who's getting a pretty high 26.3 implied points. The over-under in the game is 45.5, which has come up a point and a half since open. Um, Cleveland, I think, is a little overrated here. I do like the run game. I like what they did last week in the Cincinnati game that uh, we, you know, we covered on here at some length. I, I just don't see how Cleveland covers this one. I think Washington's defense is game enough and they still do have Terry McLaurin who I don't know who's going to cover him on Cleveland. Um, so I'll say that Washington covers here with a seven point spread. Yeah. Uh, I like that as well. I think Washington, they kind of sneakily have some playmakers. I like Gibson who I'm actually going to talk about here in a sec. I like McLaurin, Logan Thomas, Looks like this year's Darren Waller. I know our our pal Matthew Berry tweeted something along those lines recently, and he kind of has the market share and in, in volume to to back that up. Um, I'm going to go with Antonio Gibson here, finishing as a top 15 running back this week, which is that's a three pointer. It's not a hail mary. It's not a dink and dunk. I'm uh, I'm making a leap of faith here as his snaps continue to increase. Him being the more talented guy in this backfield and. I agree that um, they're going to be in this game. So I'm hoping he gets some work in both the passing game and rushing and uh, finishes a top 15 back on the week. I feel like any time Cleveland, a seven point favorite, we know the Browns well enough. Things have not changed that much after a one nice little game for them. Uh, next game up here, the Jets, we talked about earlier, getting 16.3 implied points. Their totals come down a half point from open. Indianapolis getting 27.8 implied points. Theirs has come up. And how can I not go one more time with grandma's boy, T.Y. Hilton? I, you know, if he's going to go, if he's going to get off, it's going to be this week against the Jets. He's in the millionaire maker winning lineup this week, Pete. There you go. Wow. Uh, that's the one thing that happens to me in DFS too. Like, especially in my single entry lineups where I'm like, Oh, it, it didn't hit this week. So I'll just keep martingaling it over and over <laughs> until it hit. That's what, that's like the story of my career with Christian Kirk. It's like, but I'm now martingaling it on a seasonal level. Like, well, we got to go back to him again. Those who don't um, learn from history are doomed to repeat it, Pete. And that's how sometimes it has to be until the guy regresses or if their Nana calls them and gives them a, a stern talking to. <laughs> this, my pick here. And again, I think this is probably like a three pointer, a third and long because it is plausible, but it, it seems reckless, but it just this backfield of the Jets makes me so angry that I'm going to say no Jets running back scores over five points, over five DraftKings points, uh, which like Frank Gore is probably going to get there with like seven or eight um, just because of pure volume. But I'm just so mad at this backfield that I'm going to make it a ride or die so I can at least die in a happy way. Yeah, I you know, the Indianapolis defense, not bad. And this Jets offense, not as bad as you're going to find. Next game up here, Carolina getting 18.5 implied points. Their totals coming down a bit with no Christian McCaffrey going against the Chargers and their non-existent fans that they're going to have the same turnout uh, in this week's game as they would have in a normal normal world. But uh, no, that's either here nor there. The Chargers getting 25 implied points. Over under here has come down a half point. Both sides have come down a quarter point. So uh, a little bit of a dig towards the under so far for the public money. Um, I'm going to say, oh man, I want, I got to go with, I think a Justin Herbert one, because I think he's a really good stack this week. Um, what, what's a good bet Pete that I can get for Justin Herbert that, uh, maybe at least get me a third and long. 
Yeah. Um, let's see. Based around uh, Herbert, I'll I'll give you a third and long uh, top eight quarterback on the week. Okay. Yeah, I'll take it. I, I liked what I saw of him a lot. We we ran a clip on our social media of, of the one that we talked about on the show of him running into a linebacker, getting up and gleefully skipping away. And I, I just love what I saw. I love that he threw it deep. Uh, six targets of 20 plus yards in his debut there. Uh, you know, he's not going to have to throw as much, but there's going to be a lot more wide open lanes for him. So I think he goes off and I think a, a charger stack is with him. But yeah, the top eight QB is it for me. Yeah, no, I think that's perfect for the third long. It looks like in most places people have him in like the 17 to 20 range. Oh, really? So kind of, kind of, I'm actually surprised too, because he did look really good and I'm kind of tailing the Herbert idea as well, taking the over here, the over. And I just want to make sure it's what you have. I saw 44. Yeah, I got, got 43 and a half. So you could take either okay. of those. Yeah. So I'm going to take the over there again, thinking the Panthers suck and Herbert is a boost to this offense. Uh, I think the weapons look great. Josh Kelly looked better with Herbert. Uh, Eckler was starting to get passes, which he wasn't with Tyrod. Uh, Hunter Henry and Keenan Allen are both in the buy low model. It just seems like this offense is ready for some bigger days. And I'm with you. I think Herbert's a big upgrade. And I'm kind of surprised why Vegas and the projections across the industry aren't um, more excited about him. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's that they're not buying another Chargers offense, but you, the guy you talked about too in our waiver wire show on Sunday, uh, Josh Kelly certainly looking good. I watched a little more video of that game this week and I saw not to, you know, do the whole game watch thing, but Josh Kelly does look like a better version of Melvin Gordon, this offense and Eckler still Austin Eckler. So and this offense you is going to You're games. grinding tape. You rewatched the all 22? I actually, I rewatched the condensed games today of both the Dolphins and the Jaguars to try to get a little bit of an edge there and figure out. And I, what I landed on was that both defenses were so bad that it should be a great passing day for both sides. And my pal Gardner Minshew did not come through with that. <laughs> yeah. How long does it take to watch a condensed game? Um, the highlights ones for NFL are like a little bit under 15 minutes. So um, there are some illegal ones too out there, which I think are like a little bit longer that I know some of the, the tape grinder guys on Twitter talk about. But I, I feel like the highlights ones cover enough here because you still see some broken up plays and you get enough of a read for them. But, All right. Yeah. Wow. Not look perfect. At this. I'm going to have to step up my game to compete with you and ride or die if you're grinding film now. Well, I mean, look, we got the scoring system, so we'll see how it turns out. This could go really well for both of us or very poorly, and there's going to be a lot of scoring in this game coming up with Detroit getting 24.8 implied points. Their totals come up a half point over the course of the week. Arizona, one of the highest totals of the week, just behind a team we're going to talk about next. Uh, 30.3 implied points for the Cardinals. Over-under in this game is 55 and man, I, you know, I don't really believe in this Detroit offense based upon what we've seen so far, but they were better last year. Kenny Galladay got in a limited practice, so I really do hope he plays and I'm going to take the over despite the high total here. I think logically it would make more sense to take the under, but I really do believe that this Detroit defense isn't good. Arizona looks a little better, but I think if Detroit gets their backs against the wall, they might actually perform a little better offensively. Um, so for me, I'll take the over on 55. Yeah, it's funny. I feel like tonight where our takes are very similar and then we're just approaching it with different bets because I want to take the Lions uh, with the points at uh, at plus six. I think that they're a very kind of similar team to the Cardinals and in, in how they play and their, their weapons, but they are getting Kenny Galladay back. And I think that's a huge boost for them. Um, he's going to open things up for Hawkinson. It's going to take, you know, uh, pressure off of the running game, give Stafford another big body in the red zone. So I think this could be a, a shootout like you're going for. And I think the lions keep it very close. 
And maybe bodes well for your boy Christian Kirk, though. Perhaps not for our poor one <laughs> out he... for Quintez Cephas. <laughs> no, I don't. I do have to. It, it, I, I might actually get saved from myself because he's been DNP the past two days. So mm. he might not even go. He has a groin injury, which I'm kind of <laughs> just hoping he sits. So I'm not forced because I was like, oh, yeah, versus the Lions in a shootout game. This is the Christian Kirk week. Well, we did talk about his hot girlfriend. So maybe maybe she could put in some therapy, huh, fellas? Am I right? <laughs> That one's just for the dudes. Finally, a fantasy football podcast just for the fellas. That's what we try to accomplish here. Next one up here, we got Dallas getting 25.5 implied points against Seattle, who's getting 30.5 implied points for the highest total of the Sunday games. Over under 56 points in this one. And uh, man, tough to see what to go with here. Um, I Michael Gallup is a non-factor, and I, I will not take him in a bet at this point. Oh my God, that's where I'm going. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to keep martingaling Michael Gallup. I'm sorry. I just feel like CeeDee Lamb has taken so much away from him and, and this offense in general. Um, I Man, do I, do I dare go? No, I can't go back to Dalton Schultz. I'll let you go first here, Pete, because I feel like I've been taking a lot of the first ones. Maybe you'll give me some guns. No, yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I am going to go back to Gallup, and I agree with you. Uh, you know, Cooper and Lamb are getting the volume. Gallup is still getting those those couple of big deep shots a game and uh, I'm going to get a little crazy, a little three point third and long here and say Gallup uh, is the highest scoring pass catcher on the Cowboys this week over Schultz over Amari and over CD lamb. Uh, I'm throwing caution to the wind and riding with Gallup or dying. We'll see. The thing in this game for me is I really don't know where the production is going to go. Like last week, I, you know, it was, it was more cute than anything to say like, Oh, Dalton Schultz is going to have a big day just to, you know, go against Gallup because I just don't think Gallup is getting the work for whatever reason. He's running the routes out there. Like Pete mentioned, uh, still running 44 routes a game. That's what matters. But um, I'm just going to take the over. I'll go simple here. And I'm taking some really high overs, but I feel like there are some teams this year that we're going to have over-unders that creep up towards 60. And then you're going to have some that are down in the mid-40s, and you'll be okay taking those. And I think it's sort of a mixed bag of the NFL. But these two teams, uh, both performing at a high threshold on a per-play basis. And also, the Cowboys are playing. They're snapping the ball, Pete, at 19.7 seconds per snap. So that would be six seconds faster, I believe, than the fastest uh, snap pace last year. That's yeah, that's wild. And uh, I, I just see, uh, you know, like the cartoons where they get dollar signs in their eyes. I just see fantasy points in my eyes when I hear that. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll see here if it works out for Dallas and Seattle, though. Uh, both defenses not showing a lot here. So the offenses should be in for another big day. Play your guys from this game in whatever format. Uh, next game up here, the final one in the main slate Sunday. Tampa Bay getting 24.8 implied points. Their total hasn't moved. Neither has the over-under. Denver's side also getting 18.8 implied points. And again, they haven't moved either. Jeff Driscoll, a guy who I think will have some interesting days, maybe even this week, um, I think is uh, somebody to, just to mention here being in play. And uh, you know what? I'll take KJ Hamler. What can I get that's not a hundred yards in a, in a TD? I don't know if he gets quite there, but I think is he top receiver you know on the what? team? We should we should do a because uh, I was going to do a KJ Hamler, and I'll tell you what I was going to do. And I was just going to think of something on the fly, which is like you and me, like we alternate going up on our project until one of us takes okay. the other <laughs> side of it. Like would what? So mine was I was going to say he five X's this week. He's the Stone Men. 3000. So a, a 15 point. Um, so let's go up fantasy point wise. You can put it on me and we'll say this is for three points. Who's ever on the right side of it. And so you can go higher up one or lower. And, uh, and then I have to decide, I think they're going to sell out to take away Gordon. I think they're going to sell out to take away Judy. So I'll say that he's six X's. I would take him at six X. 
Wow. Oh, sorry. I didn't even mean that you had to go up to 18 points. I was just going to say you could go up 1.16. So we could bid going up. Oh, I mean, okay. Well, I, yeah, fine. I would do 16 then. You know, I'll, I'll do like an auction draft or a, yeah. a salary cap league. I'm moving it up to 18. So would you go to 19 points for him? I think you called, I think you called my bluff. I like Hamler a lot, but that's a big number. I'm, I'll take under. I'll let you have the 18 or the 17 or 18 and I'll, I'll take the under. Okay. So there we go. So we'll take the under. So that there's our bet. That's, you know, that was a fun angle, Pete. I'll give you that one. That was one fun application of the game. (laughs) One fun application. (laughs) First of all, we did this segment even faster than we did it last week. Um, Granted, I, I had, uh, I had spent more time trying to do research to come up with, uh, with good picks, but trust me, it'll, I'll take care of the, of the tabulating, (laughs) uh, with my guy Willis and, uh, it didn't it didn't derail the segment. Also, to be clear, Willis is a real person, not like, not like some of the you other You saw characters. him in the comments. He volunteered in the comments. He's, he's a real human being. So this for yeah. this one, it's not us uh doing our Tyler Durden thing or or whatever, or just an imaginary friend, I guess, to be the alternative. Uh but yeah, KJ Hamler. You know, he's a small guy that kind of worries me a little bit now. Um <laughs> just to be prepared. He's not Cortland Sutton. If you are playing KJ Hamler, do not expect a lengthy angular guy there. Uh, last game, the Sunday night game, Green Bay getting 25 implied points. New Orleans getting 28 implied points. The over-unders come up a point to 53. Uh, Green Bay uh, up a half point, and New Orleans up a half point. So Vegas really buying into this one, or I guess the players so far, uh, the betters out there buying into it, not the smart money for the most part yet. That comes in later usually. Um, man, I feel like with the New Orleans pass game being so bad going back there, we don't know Michael Thomas's status yet, right, do we? No, it, it seems like he's on the wrong side of questionable, but they are leaving a candle on for him, it sounds like. I'll go Emmanuel Sanders over 20 points just because he disappointed me so bad. And I don't know, he's a cool looking guy. I feel like I got to see him being one of the dudes. I, I tweeted about having the James Harden effect, being out in Vegas, having a good time, <laughs> maybe spending some money, shooting it out of a gun, a dollar bill at a time. So at some underground club of ill repute. Um, so Emmanuel Sanders over 20 fantasy points for me. Yeah. Uh, I like that. It's hard to know who of Jared Cook, Sanders, and Traycon Smith is, is going to get it. It does seem like uh, Emmanuel Sanders is due. And he fits your profile of uh, older speed wide receivers with T.Y. Hilton. So maybe you need grandma to give him a call as well. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, uh, perhaps the Ouija board given Emmanuel Sanders' <laughs> age might be necessary, but... Uh, anyway, Pete, who's your pick for this Green Bay game? This Green Bay offense also worth noting the pass game down last week, but the run game thriving in a monster way. So something seems like it's going to go off here every week. Yeah, I'm going to sell the Saints offense, even though they're at home and have been good there. And I'm going to take the points with the Packers on the road. They they seem like they have an explosive offense now with the playmakers. Now, the thing that could get me into trouble here is if Devontae Adams doesn't play that definitely uh, diminishes my excitement, but I'm going to stick to it. Adams or not, I'm going to take the plus three, a little dink and dunk. All right, so there you go. The ride or die picks are in, and we'll give you guys the full score breakdown as well as our analysis of Monday Night Football. Huge, huge Monday Night Football game this week coming up with Kansas City and Baltimore uh, with 40, 54 implied points in that game and the over-under for that one. And uh, we'll break it down Sunday night. And, of course, uh, Pete, when should we give away the Arnie card? Should we give it one full week here to make sure we achieve the full benefits of a giveaway? Yeah, why don't we do – yeah, I like that. Why don't we do the drawing a week from today on next Thursday's show? 
Yeah, so get in now, subscribe on YouTube, or give this podcast five stars and a review on Apple Podcasts. We're going to put it all in a big spreadsheet and, and watch the at Splash Play pod Twitter handle because there's a decent chance we're going to give one more entry there if you do a retweet and like thing. We'll we'll do the spammy one and, and do it ironically in case nobody engages with it because they don't respect Arnie Weinmeister as they should, um, which they should, Pete. They simply should. And I will, just to even spice it up, I, I have a, a lot of uh, NFL memorabilia around my place i'll throw on a few other goodies for you i mean as if arnie weinmeister signed card wasn't enough I'll, I'll i'll put a little care package together for a splash play listener so the stakes have been raised yeah and uh you know maybe even some broken spoons fresh from Pete's butt oh cheek. god i knew i was gonna regret that <laughs> maybe even a, a bent football helmet given the who knows the powers that lie within but follow me at chris bags follow at peter rubbers at Follow at Splash Play Pod and of course subscribe. Hit the like button, do all that stuff because we are competing in so many giant channels, putting out so much content. And we're just two little content boys here doing two shows a week. So we appreciate your support. Pete, anything else you want to hit on before we call it quits? No, thank you guys for liking, subscribing, reviewing. Lots of good stuff coming down the pipeline. Love Splash Play, baby. We appreciate you guys a ton. Comment down below too, and we'll see you guys again on Sunday night after Sunday night football. So good luck and and win some money, uh, just like we all do always.